0: Hello? Hey, how are you? I'm
1: good, how are you? Good, uh, you're on the podcast with me and Tim Um oh, but,
0: but, uh,
1: uh, Not live, not live that, that, <laughs> that album that you told me about the other night Was that Drinking from the Sun by the Hilltop Hoods?
0: Yeah, sorry
1: You said it <laughs> And I quote Sundown?
0: Question mark.
1: Is what you thought it might be called?
0: Oh so. god! Okay, cool. Yeah, you, talking about hilltop hood.
1: Yeah, oh, I okay. asked you. I asked you what was the album that you like to put on and that you would listen to from start to finish. You just have on all day. What What is your, yeah. the favorite album that you love to listen to?
0: It's more like a playlist. It's called "This Is Hilltop Hood" on yeah. Spotify. Okay, and my do you want my favorite song?
1: from that. Okay, do you have, other than the playlist, do you have, because I'm trying to get away from playlists and and actually into albums that people love from the start to finish. So is there an album that you love to listen to from song one to song whatever it is at the end and you can just put it on, listen to the whole thing? Yeah, the homecoming album from Beyonce. There you go. Tim, we're doing the homecoming album from Beyonce. Yeah, the live
0: album, the live
1: Uh, The live album. Okay, cool. All right. That'll be in in a fortnight. Thanks, Adele.
0: That's all right. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Coachella, you ready? Let's go get on it.
1: This week has been Beyonce's 2019 release, Homecoming. Hey, you didn't see that one coming, did you, Tim?
2: Ah, certainly not. No, it's definitely not uh, an album or a live experience that I thought we'd be tackling, but I'm glad that we did. Okay, good. Uh, Elaborate. You're glad that we did. I'm glad we did. It was, um... Documentation of a very specific and special sort of event that took place, and amongst all this other music and uh, coming together of people and everything that Coachella sort of represents. It's a very poignant and powerful thing for Beyonce, and it was great to listen to it, and it's great to see. What she went through to get there. Yeah, okay. For anybody who doesn't know,
1: I won't go and explain who Beyonce is. If you don't know who Beyonce is, we cannot help you. Uh, this is not the podcast You've for you. You've got bigger problems. Uh, yeah. No, just keep listening. You'll get there eventually. The homecoming album in particular was Beyonce's 2018 Coachella performance that yep, she correct. had delayed because she got pregnant. She was supposed to do it in 2017. Later, Gaga filled in for her. She put together this show in 2018 for Coachella, which is one of the world's biggest music festivals, and it was nothing short of phenomenal. Nobody really saw what she did coming, and it was widely lauded as an amazing performance. Yeah, and then it was all filmed. Netflix paid $20 million for the rights. You can watch it on Netflix now. And in 2019, she dropped this album Out of the blue, she just—it was a surprise drop. She, I think she she did that with lemonade as well. She does that quite often. So yeah, Yeah. sorry, have I stolen your thunder? Have you got more to add?
2: No, no, not not at all, man. Not at all. No, you you keep going. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was—it was was an amazing culmination of efforts, and it was. Obviously captured with the intent to be a live Netflix feature as well, you know. There was always going to be the concept of video release as well as the documentary that sort of in- intertwined itself with it. And all of the things that she went through to build up to Coachella and the immense amount of work, discipline and organisation and just everything that went into this production the two performances on both weekends of the Coachella Festival and just to witness it as well to see the spectacle of the live performance was just absolutely gobsmacking you know it's it was so much going on it was a whole nother level and I think um she had a statement to say when she did this performance. You know, she was leaning towards her uh, her heritage and her history and her people's heritage and history, and, and it's a it's an absolute culmination. Not just being the first black female to ever headline Coachella, but also uh, an outpouring of pride and and respect and love for a culture and her people and the vibrancy and the ethnicity just the the sheer wonder of what these young human beings can do when they put themselves to it and uh yeah just it just wound up being an absolutely amazing sort of spectacle of a album and a a movie it was
1: a performance first and a movie second and then an album third if you want to know Where Beyonce was coming from with the performance, the track So Much Damn Swag, which is an interlude on the album, is is a voiceover of her explaining how she wanted to represent, I'm guessing, what might have been a bit of a fantasy for her. because So in America, there's these historical colleges that it, it goes back to the days of segregation where they were majority black colleges. So all the students are black, and they and they still carry on these these traditions. It's developed its own culture, its own cool, its own marching bands, and like you know, if you went to another if you went to another college, and uh, it could be more prestigious, whatever. But when when these students come out onto the football field, I can imagine just being so jealous, just like man, we're just not this thing. cool. And the amount of swag is just limitless, like. The things that these young people can do with their bodies and the, the music they can play and the drum rolls and the haircuts and the bodies, and the, it's just not right. It's just so much
0: damn swag. Uh,
1: <laughs> with, with their drum line <laughs> and their, their dancing and their majorettes, which is what... Beyonce really tried to portray on stage. Now, she herself never went to college. She was in Destiny's Child from the age of 15. Beyonce as a pop singer, yes, but as an artist with this performance, I think she got to create this spectacle. It's her and her team. Now, on the timeline of this, something like 14 months putting this together. Yeah, absolutely
2: insane amount of work went into this one.
1: And does that include having the twins? Like so she was going to <laughs> she was going to do I think she'd sort of done so much work and then unexpectedly fell pregnant and had twins and then had to have an emergency C-section. So not anything to do with the album, but the dancing and the singing that were, were required for the live performance. She had her stomach muscles cut for the emergency C-section, and she's talking about having to relearn how her body works and moves, getting back into rehearsals for this show.
2: Yeah, it, it was absolutely phenomenal what she put herself through to do this, even just down to, to diet to get herself post-baby weight and, and everything like that. Not that that matters. I mean, it's it was, would have been no, amazing No, but, but they already way, but, had
1: costumes... Uh, Custom costumes, made. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
2: she... exactly. Yeah, yeah, because the the production and everything for it already started before the the twenty seventeen Coachella. Yeah. So you know, I, I think the fourteen months
1: drink, is but... does does the fourteen months include like baby break? It, it, it must exclude baby break. So fourteen months total working on that. I am thinking, yeah, something because like that. The drumline guys they were all hired from mm. the best colleges. Yeah. Beyonce went to an agency that hires out the best musicians from colleges to, to do drumline. If you don't know what Drumline is, Google it. It's essentially Cooler Marching Band. Just, just pitch a marching band and the coolest marching band. Absolutely. That's what Drumline is. So they did four yeah. months just running the show in choreography and then four months rehearsal learning the music. So they did eight months themselves. Yeah. And if you watch the documentary, she had three sound stages, so three aircraft hangars essentially, Uh, one for the musicians to do their thing, one for the stage layout so they could just run the show. They ran that whole show over and over and over again and tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it. And then one
2: for the the dancers. And I mean, we're talking about 200. 200 people on stage, like just from performers, musicians and everything else, and then every single other person employed to make this whole show come together. We're talking about three, 400 people working oh, just
1: had every to, day. It had to have been hundreds of thousands, if not million plus, to put this on. Yeah. But it's oh, okay, yeah. because it's estimated she made between 8 and 12 million for the two performances. That's not too bad. That's just the performances, 20 million for Netflix, and then she sold the album, and Hey yeah, hasn't hurt her reputation at all. And got a Grammy
2: as well, so Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, uh
1: what Grammy did she get?
2: She won Best Music Film at the uh sixty seven Grammy Awards. But that so one Best Musical Documentary. Oh, so. I'm I'm honestly
1: flabbergasted that, that she didn't win more. So aside from the legacy, aside from all that stuff, it's the album and we've been listening to the album.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, I must admit, like at at first go, because I did do a, a a dry run of this one. I hadn't seen the the documentary. Oh, I'd seen snippets of it. I seen bits and pieces of it. Oh, everybody um, in the world saw the
1: Destiny's Child reunion bit. Surely.
2: Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So that was blasted everywhere, and I sort of had a bit of an idea what was going on, but like to see a whole constant unfold, and there wasn't a stage where anything was stagnant. You know, it just kept evolving and progressing, and for the massive drumline coming on and coming off, all that kind of stuff. To listen to it was a little difficult, I found. Like to listen to it, it didn't really have because it was a marching band production. Um, you know, you're not having those big low end, you know, subby kind of parts and and you know all that sort of on kind of dancey production that you'd normally get from a Beyonce track. But what you did get. Was this music projecting off this stage, and it was a sound stage. There were sections of dance that were all percussive and, and like the you know, like a, a stomp production where they're banging and hollering and clapping, and it's all mic'd up, and it's just absolutely amazing the spectacle you get from that. And visually stunning. To listen to the album by itself, you, you found yourself in your mind's eye going, there's stuff happening that's visual and, you know, it's all pause for effect. But, like, to listen to it, it becomes a little bit disjointed, if that makes any sense.
1: No. You know, are, I sort of found
2: uh, it a little bit like that. Okay, here's my take on that.
1: <laughs> and you do have to be a little bit generous because it's a live album. There's not a lot of cuts in this. So you get a live album and they'll just they'll do the tracks and they'll be just like one track and then they'll cut you know, the five minutes they spent talking to the crowd and stuff in between. It's just the live tracks. This is Beyonce's essentially career up to that point, remixed like a DJ set, like she was DJing her own music, and then she went, I'm going to do a drumline mashup. The album just runs... One track into another. Like it's it is the live performance from beginning to end, from what I can tell. And so, if you get little lulls, that's just like the DJ giving you time to go to the bathroom Uh, (laughs) on the dance floor. You know, like it's the achievement of that is quite spectacular. The other achievement that I have to mention is how the hell do they get the quality? Okay, there are nine strings. Twenty-nine in the drum line, fifteen in the band, and twelve vocalists, twelve backup vocalists. Alright. So, <laughs> yep. so that's uh hang on, quick math. That's a buttload of people to mic up and get their levels right. Then you've got Beyoncé singing and she's got to sound great. Then they wanted to make sure they could hear all the stomping and all the shouting from the heavily rhythmic dance moves and stuff that they had going on. And on top of that, the show's outdoors, and she has a fan blowing in her face at Every second, because her hair's down to her butt, right? And it's just blowing in the breeze. So taking all that into consideration, how did they get that sound to sound that good? I have, look, I've got no idea. I can only think the album came out a year after the shows had been completed. And looking at the audio engineer list for the album, there's like 10 of them. So yeah, totally. There might be a lot of, not trickery, but cleaning up going on right great, great production lots of great production i mean she essentially went i want this to sound as good as it can on a phone you know whatever now i will say yeah. back to your point i will say wow what a difference a high fidelity system for this album if you're listening on your phone it sounds great if you've seen the performance you know exactly what's going on it's great but if you have something that has like a high fidelity system whether it's Top end headphones or if you're watching the the live video, put it on a surround system because I don't know if it's low, low end that's missing. I think it's like there's like a, a mid-low end that sort of gets lost a bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting to. It's kind of quite a a, a dry mix. Obviously there's a couple of uh, a couple of songs in there that do the synths do start coming in and it really starts pounding out that bottom end when the band all sort of kicks in. But when the marching band's all doing their thing, it just it has a visually stunning impact, but like, you know, sonically you you're not you're not lacking you know, and like you said, it was an amazing feat to actually capture those instruments doing what they did. But, um, It was almost like two different sounding bands, but I, I don't think the intertwining of the two of them was lost. Like you've got this full marching band playing along You've got these insane, like, sort of drum loops and low synth-y bass basslines going on, and and all of this other uh, samples and stuff like that intertwining. And there was no point where you just went, "Oh, that sounded a bit funky." You oh know, oh so no, was like, there's well, that not was a there's not a drop. All. All. There's not a drop note in this whole
1: thing. That's um, no, amazing. And ex- a visual example of that is you realize that Homecoming, if you watch it on Netflix, is shot over two weekends because halfway through a song. They're doing some intricate dance move, and all their costumes just change.
2: <laughs> and she actually uses that a couple of points in the film to really great effect, almost like a lighting scene change. Oh, it's so and she good. cuts it together, and it's just like it, it builds and builds, and then comes to this bit where this big drop comes in. All of a sudden, everyone goes from yellow to purple. It's just like wow. Oh,
0: yeah. If so, that was yeah. live, that
2: would be great. <laughs>
1: yellow to well, they didn't obviously do that live, so they had yeah. yellow. Everyone had yellow uniforms for one of the performances and everyone had pink uniforms for the second performance. You've got to understand that the precision, not you, Tim, you've seen it, but if you haven't heard this album, you do have to understand that the precision that went into this production was insane. Absolutely insane.
0: Absolutely.
1: And there's one moment actually in the Destiny's Child thing where their dialogue yeah. sounds a little bit stilted. My girl B's really killing it tonight. Oh, I love you. Bep, bleep, bleep, Blip blip blip. And I went, geez, that sounds a
0: bit stupid. Everybody give it up for the beautiful Kelly. And the beautiful Michelle. We love you. My girl B is killing it tonight. I'm so happy
2: y'all are here tonight. My wife pointed
1: out. <laughs> They're walking. And they have three seconds before they have to sing the next line to get all their dialogue in. So yeah, it might sound a little bit stilted, but you know, those are the words that that they said that, that they plan to use. And just as a, an overall thing, it's undeniably great. I actually was talking to somebody about this album in the last couple of weeks and they'd listened to the album first and like, It it came back to the movie or the book conundrum. She preferred the album without the video. Cool. Because she listened to the album first. Yeah. So if you got a chance to do it, if you haven't watched Homecoming, listen to the album first and see if that is a similar experience for you. Unfortunately, I'd watch the movie. (laughs) And that was my job this week was to watch the video. It was really, it's quite simple. She had a pyramid. Yeah. And
2: she had a buttload of talented people. Yep. And some very and nice lighting. And lots of fans. Lots of fans. <laughs> yeah. And lots, and lots of fans and a bit of smoke. Um, but that that's also where a lot of bands, you know, like a four-piece band or something up on stage to make themselves look exciting. You know, they use exciting lights and, and all of that kind of stuff and things flashing around and strobing all over the place. And whilst there was a certain amount of that going on, a lot of the time there was just light shone on this 200-strong mass of performers just all individually going off their nuts playing their parts in the song just absolutely given 150 percent fully choreographed every single one of them like they just they did so much work to not only play the way they did was which, which was just absolutely exceptional but to move in time with everything the whole thing was choreographed and you know the, the people became the scene changers like I was sort of saying before you know it was a uh, it wasn't a stone unturned she Wrote the music, she produced the film clip, she produced the music, she did all the choreographs, she did every single thing. There wasn't a, a light on stage or a, a sequin on a uniform that wasn't discussed and picked and, and thought about. And it's just such an amazing testament to the, the strength, character and genius of this, this woman who is Beyoncé, you know. She's just unbelievable. And to pull it off the way it was pulled off was just, yeah, it was mind-blowing.
1: The group they ended up you know 200 strong performers they ended up talking about this experience and i think beyonce really fostered this, this sense of family in the rehearsals because to get people through 8 months of rehearsals sometimes a paycheck's not the be all and end all you're not going yeah, you to right, you're not going to get the right attitude on stage so you know it was down to hairdressers all doing hair and like tiny like you said tiny tiny little things that people at the back of Coachella didn't care about. They couldn't even see it. It may have turned yeah. up on a video screen. It may not. Like, the attention to detail was was for themselves. Sure. And, and it sounds like most of them bought into it. You, it certainly looks like it on stage. I, it, look, we've ended up just talking and talking about <laughs> about this, the thing as a whole. It's really hard to get away from when, when it is a live album. Sure. But listening to this again, and the quality was just astounding, you, remember back in the 90s? those bootleg tapes and CDs came out, and it was like Pearl Jam live at a...
2: Like unauthorized. Unauthorized! uh, (laughs) That's right, yeah.
1: (laughs) Gold. I think I've still got a few lying around somewhere. Yeah, and like three of them are good.
2: The rest are going. Yeah,
1: yeah, terrible. (laughs) Absolutely terrible. Uh, None of them are even a patch on this, but that's what we're used to with live albums. Mm. So in that context, just the sound, the quality is incredible. Then... There's the fact that, look, most of the songs on here are actual songs. She's put 40 songs into two hours. They're like a minute and a half, two minutes. They're like little I love,
2: snippets. I love what she's done with it and the work she did with uh, uh Derek Dixie, I think his name is a music production uh, music director on this it's it's what he said before the whole concert is a remix of like you, you, you'd be lucky to get a verse and a chorus and maybe another verse out of each song but they're so intertwined seamlessly you know that it's, it's like like you said you'll, you'll get 10 songs in a passage of music and you sort of get to the end of it and go holy god what the hell just happened you know we just went through so many emotions and so many different pieces of music and so many expositions on stage and it was it was masterfully cut there wasn't a point in those 40 odd songs that got Stitched together, we kind of went. Oh, that didn't bloody work at all. Every transition, and it didn't. It did transition. It went from like low down funky to, to you know, ethereal, quiet, amazing singing that she does. I can't recall the song, but where she hits that hits that little operatic piece and just you know absolutely nails the part. Her um, stamina vocally through that concert was just absolutely astounding. Like, you could literally just have, and many points there were, was just a drum beat in the background and Beyonce just filling that whole concert with her voice. It was absolutely amazing. I, there's like three
1: breaks, there's three interludes that don't involve her. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like Bruce Dickinson from (laughs) Iron Maiden, like just two and a half hours screaming. It's that level of stamina. Yeah, and running. But, you know, Bruce can't dance. Like, no. Now, Beyonce knows her audience. The bits of songs you get are remix versions of the bits everybody loves and knows. There's songs on here I didn't know the name of. Somehow I knew them. Of course, I knew all the Destiny's Child stuff. We. We were just that age, that like, you couldn't, you couldn't big, avoid big fan it. Big fanboy. Ah, well, <laughs> I got married about that time, and so I, <laughs> you know, I ended up... House was filled with Destiny's Child. Oh, I was filled with that and, you know, Megadeth. So, uh, <laughs> but none of that felt dated either. When the Destiny's Child, other two members, Kelly and Michelle, came out and did their bit, it was just enough for the people to lose their minds and yep. not too long for anybody to go uh oh, okay they're a little bit whatever now it was it was a perfect amount of time So choreographed and tight. Yeah. From the vocal performances down to where they walked and what they said in between bits and pieces. Nothing felt too long or too short. And just to the point that she knows her audience, she leaned into an old Vine meme. So surfboard. <laughs> Drunk in love. Riding on that surfboard. Surf. In that song... The original song, I'm sure that line comes out once, but yeah, it's right. like just repeated and repeated because it's the bit everybody sort of made fun of and loved and made a meme out of it because it was it sounds like she's saying surfboard, b o r t. <laughs> it's an old, it's an old meme.
2: Look at that. Right away my surfboard, 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 raining on
0: that wood
1: but she's so big she's got pop pop culture things happen about her
2: absolutely i mean she can write her own rule book with anything really you know she'll she she can tell you what the what the next thing is but yeah but i think i think smarter than that she responds to what the thing
1: is as well it, and it comes back also to the concept of the whole thing where she's sucking in this drumline thing now they've used drumline before lose my breath had a big drumline intro classic song these are just influences from her life that she's just pulled in and put all into this one thing. The trick is making it cool enough to all, for it to all pay off and people to love it because it could have been a mess.
2: Absolutely. There's Done a- the wrong way.
1: <laughs> was- Done the wrong way.
2: It could have been an absolute mess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but it it wasn't. And like you said, it was uh, uh, strategic. A lot of it was exactly like th- there wouldn't be a line in there where there wasn't a, a shot out into the crowd where they were just weeping at at the words that were coming out. And then the next scene was the next part of the next song that was had the same effect. It was exactly what you said, like with regards to the Destiny Child reunion, there wasn't a point anywhere in any piece of music that was presented on that night where you, it dragged on too long or it went too far. It was an orchestrated event through and through from start to finish in the context of, as we've discussed on previous ones, how albums are created and developed to they start here and they take you on a journey. Good ones do. They take you and they they start you and they take you on a range of emotions and you go fast and you go slow and you go up and you go down. She did that seamlessly over the course of 40 songs.
1: Yeah. I, uh, and that's it must, it must no help, mean
2: feat. Help having a team. I always
1: wonder, because you, you you can present anything you like in a, in a film or a documentary, uh, I always wonder how it actually reflects real life and you wonder who's in control, whether it really is just one person's vision or more of a collaborative thing with a team. I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle where, yep, what she said goes, but she probably has a whole bunch of trusted people that she listens to and she says come on, I need ideas, let's go. You couldn't possibly Mm. do that all on your own and have twins. Well, maybe she did, but you would only benefit from having a team around you like that and this is a huge, it's just a huge thing, this this whole production, this whole concept. And risky, risky. I don't know how many people could have pulled it off. There's not really a cynical bone in Beyonce's body. If she tried to do what she did with any tweeness or cynicism or uh, anything other than honesty, uh, a little bit of earnesty, earnesty, (laughs) and and a sense of fun and even a little bit of tongue in cheek, then Mm. I don't think it would be received half as well as it was. I don't think the performers would have enjoyed it half as much as they did, clearly. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. There were things in this that were probably not for me. Not any of the um the Black Heritage stuff. Freaking loved all that. But I don't get American college culture at all. <laughs> Like, (laughs) I've never been to college. I've never been to America. I've seen it all in the movies, but the the pledges walking past, the bugaboos, I know what a bugaboo is. I've been a Destiny's Child fan. I know what college pledging and hazing and that Greek frat house culture is from what I've seen in movies. I don't Mm. think I really understand it, and I don't know if I would have joined one if I had gone to college and that's just me. I just find it all a bit bizarre and weird that whole hazing pledging spending a week in your underwear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That that was why just one bit for me that I thought was a bit strange, but then those guys could dance. That she she yeah. segwayed that into them doing some great stuff. Unbuggable! Up. Where
0: hey Shoot. Also known as, shining, it, shining, it, shining, it,
2: shining, shining, yeah. I'm Yeah I'm um, um, Sweet dreams, also known as. Hello. Yeah, and I guess in a way it does sort of tie back to you know her original not mission statement or, or part of the. Statement was a celebration of these, of these HBCU universities and colleges, and the culture and all it pertains. So yep. not so just the glory you, of the performance and the audience So it's you, you can't, can't leave stuff out. That's it. You can't leave stuff out.
1: Yep. yep. Oh no, I totally yep. appreciate it. It's absolutely right. Mm. I really liked. Oddly, I really liked the bit with Solange. Yep. It was just like two sisters having a super fun gas. And for her, that, <laughs> who were, were they? <laughs> yeah. That was really good. The pacing of this album, if you're going to listen to it just as an album, yep. is pretty good So we were talking about interludes before There's maybe a flat bit and it doesn't last long You know, I can't even think of it now I was trying to, trying to I sort of went, oh that bit's a bit flat And now I'm looking at all this stuff, I'm going, no, it was all great <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sort of the track You Don't Love Me, no, no, no then it goes into the countdown and into check on it. And you're straight into the drum line. And after the drum line, you get run the world and lose my breath and say my name and soldier. And you're back into Destiny's Child stuff. And she does single ladies. That was a weird vibe, though.
2: Single ladies. It was a weird vibe, but I don't think you could have possibly, possibly have a Beyonce concert to that many white people and not play single ladies. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Nice and stanky with me. Where I'm from. We do things nice.
1: You can't yes, have a concert you. to that many people and and, and not play single yeah. ladies. You can't do a Beyonce concert without single ladies. But stuff I really loved on this, oddly, because again, not for me. I'm a man. Um <laughs> Really love Diva. Just love the attitude of it. Love flawless. Really love formation. It's just the vibe. It's so cool. So much swag, so much self-confidence. Yeah. There was one article where it might have been the guitarist, maybe one of the drummers, was saying that all the interlude bits and the, the spoken word bits are all essentially positive. There's no Debbie Downer stuff in there. There's, so, there's, there's no negativity. It might be talking about negative things in the world but it's all about lifting up absolutely you can't do two hours in front of a stay in front of somebody doing a massive performance sending you that message and not really feel it if you if you didn't feel it by the end of song one (laughs) you certainly felt it sort of by the end of the album it's a great one to have on you like turn it up loud have huge speakers pretend you're at the concert it's a great one it's a really good one to have on in the in your yeah. house or in your car so yes
2: the hard bit because there's 40 songs on here what's your favorite tim oh, it's such a tough one because it's just the whole the whole concert as well I, they almost aren't single songs they do run into each other it's it's tricky but we've got to play by the rules tim i don't actually don't have a favorite song
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, pick a moment then that makes you go wow that was cool
2: I must admit, in it being a culmination of the the whole concert, I I I did have a bit of a soft spot when the three sisters got back up on stage and sort of did that little power medley there for a while. The uh, the overwhelming, I think it was getting to the the apex of the uh, the whole production as well, and you could tell the band was sort of having fun and and Beyonce was having fun, and they were all sort of breathing a sigh of relief. And I think it sort of not that there was pressure on it because the performance was flawless, but I think it was just that sort of good feeling, fun time part of the concert and it just really lifted the spirits. Um, yeah, I, I, I just really liked that. I thought that was really cool. Right, so you're yeah, going, a, you're going. I'll,
1: I'll let you have three tracks, four tracks then? No, three tracks. That would be Lose My Breath, Say My Name and Soldier. The, Absolutely. Those ones. Okay, cool. I'm going to say in Yonce, for this one line, all right, this might be my favourite Beyonce line. Uh, I sneezed on the beat and the beat got sicker. <laughs> ah,
2: yeah. I love that lord it's
1: so good.
0: i just write another one. I sneezed on the beat and the beat got sicker. Young say, I'll own his <laughs> mouth like liquor. Young say, I'll own his mouth like liquor. Young say, I'll his mouth like liquor. Young say, I'll own his mouth like liquor. Like, 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 like.
1: I, I think that that for me, if I'm going to have to pick one, it's I'm just going to call Yonsei. Uh, I think that's great. It gets a bit down and dirty. I really like it. The track I'd, I could I could skip. It's probably a bit unfair and probably a bit of a cheat. I'm going to say the Bugaboo Roll Call. It's an interlude. It's not really a song. Do I get away with that?
2: It's annoying to listen to.
1: It, I, it can be. Yeah, it, no, it works,
2: I'd, I'd, I'd I'd absolutely. Could. It works better visually. Yeah, from a sonic perspective, you could have not had it on the album, and it would have been okay. Yeah, okay. Something you don't like, or are you going to go with the bugger, the bugaboo boys? Yeah, now that yeah, that that bugged me. Like, just yeah, just listening to it, it was it didn't bug me. It didn't, I didn't think boo. But you know, it was just <laughs> to listen to it. It was kind of like, okay, what's going on? Obviously, something visual, and uh, you know, just sort of turned from it a bit. But you know, that's what you get with a live concert experience. You know, you get everything that happens to it, and uh, and happens during the performance, and you know. That was just a part of it.
1: Cool. Um, all right. It comes to the crunch time of the podcast. Tim. Yep. Will this album be staying on your phone slash device for future listening?
2: I reckon it will. I reckon it absolutely will because, you know, I'm definitely – I wouldn't class myself as a Beyonce, Beyonce fanboy Beyonce by any fan. of imagination. I have utmost respect for her and having – Beyonce fanboy. You're a Beyonce fanboy. Maybe I should do that again. Go, 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 Um, well, I wouldn't call myself a, a Beyonce fanboy, but um, I'd call you Beyonce fanboy. Beyonce fanboy. <laughs>
1: sorry, go again. I was uh, just... I was being a dick.
2: I must admit, having not listened to a lot of Destiny Child like you have and a lot of Beyonce... Um. Having gotten to the end of this one, I've definitely got so much respect for the woman and the artist, and this production was amazing, this capture was amazing, the concert was amazing, and if you haven't listened to it or at least watched it, you really should. Yeah,
1: really hard to separate this out from the video. That's the, the the bottom line. It's it's really hard to separate it, but that's only because the performance itself is so incredible. And but I think a,
0: that's also I think that's also a great thing as well, is because you can listen to it, watch the video, listen to it again, and remember the parts from the video. You've got this visual uh, visual imagery in your head and a bit more of an appreciation of what's going on with the concert itself. So it's really the best of both worlds. You know, you're very spoilt for uh, content. Oh, I,
1: yeah, couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. I will delete it from my phone, but it's only because it'll be on my wife's phone. (laughs) And and, and I don't need it on my phone. (laughs) It's going to go on quite a bit when we have the opportunity to have some music, you know, up for war and want to feel it that's where that's when this is coming on when yeah like you say when you when you want to sort of just join back in with a celebration you can at any point absolutely yeah um I honestly didn't think it would be this much of a winner
0: no I yeah with the original concept of it a like being a Beyonce record which I don't normally listen to and uh, B, be just being a live concert, I was concerned it wouldn't have that album feel, you know, that the, you, you wouldn't get that sense of an appreciation of, of the, the ebbing in the flow, but it, it did so and above and beyond my expectations. It was an album. It truly is a, a piece of work from start to finish. The songs uh, chosen strategically and specifically, and they they take you through that range of emotions, which uh, is amazing, absolutely amazing. Yep, so, and yeah, it's meticulous. You can't fault it. Yeah,
1: and I think if you didn't have, let's say, the video never existed, there was a there was an amazing concert that everybody spoke about, and there was a live recording that was that good. You would be poring over articles to find out what bits and pieces were, and um, absolutely, yeah, it. it, it it does stand alone by itself. Totally. Yeah. You don't have yep. to have seen it, but oh, why wouldn't you just experience as much of it as you can because it really is an experience. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, with that, I think we will end this show. Thanks to everybody who has been listening so far. It's a little podcast we like to do. We haven't sort of told anyone about it. If you're listening to this, you are a special, special individual, and we appreciate your custom Reach out and let us know at albumspod at gmail.com uh, what your favourite albums are or any suggestions for the show. Hey, look, at the moment we're doing the MVP show, Minimal Viable Product. We're figuring this out as we go along. If you've stuck with us till till now, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, cheers, Tim. Cheers, Tom. I'll see you at the next album. Will <laughs> do.